0: I just wanted to be married to the guy. And that's the difference for me between being 47 and 20, but it doesn't end there. And you know that (laughs) less than two weeks later, we were on a plane to Mexico food and tours and massages. And all of it was just fantastic, perfect honeymoon, romantic. And then they dropped us down into the center of the town to just be tourists and wander around and we're passing by their iconic cathedral, Our Lady of Guadalupe. And my husband was thinking to himself, you know, there were some things I didn't say the first time we got married. And so he said, hey, you want to get married again? And I said, yeah. And we are filthy, sweaty, disgusting, just like covered with massage oil, no makeup, not nice clothing, walking into a cathedral, taking off our rings, gazing into each other's eyes, making up new vows on the spot. Now we were in a church now we had witnesses now we had strangers in the pews who were like watching and he saw that how much deeper it was we kissed strangers were cheering and we came out and we were like oh my god let's do this everywhere
1: hi i'm talia and welcome to the rebel love podcast where each week i'll bring you a new episode exploring love sex relationships and money join me as together we question explore and strive to understand Hey, everyone. Welcome back to part two of my interview with Morgana Ray. If you'd like to listen to interview number one, just flick back to the last episode, episode 42. um, And you can go to the show notes for the last one at rebellove.com forward slash EP42. Today's episode is the second part of that interview. And we're going to talk to Morgana about getting married a hundred times in a hundred countries. Here we go. In a previous conversation that you and I had, You actually mentioned getting married for the first time when you were 45.
0: 47.
1: 47. 47, sorry, excuse me. And um, let's talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk, we've talked a lot about your Money Monsters and your Money Story and your Money Honey, which is just so useful. But yeah, you also have a other really interesting story with your love life. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, did you make the decision? You you did mention um, as well, just previously in this podcast, that you had a not so great relationship for 45 years. What happened there?
0: Well, I, I, I've been like chasing... You know, some people are fine single. And, you know, those Disney princess movies were like my gospel. And I was... Chasing my soulmate under the piano on his fifth birthday, Brian Patterson. I was four and a half. He's not my soulmate anymore, but at that time he was. And now that we're adults, he remembers that, which is incredibly embarrassing. <laughs> um, so I was I was on the hunt. It's not an accident that like my money was a cute guy. So when I say forty five years, I had a forty five year. Perfect record of romantic failure of just getting my heart broken, breaking my own heart, boys being mean to me, standing me up, or, or, you know, it's just frustration, heartbreak. And it was the deepest pain of my life. It really, really was because it was the thing I cared about most. I really love partnership. It's a thing for me. I want a witness for my life. I want to be somebody else's cheerleader. I love to be a team more so than a lot of people. Like, do I know I'm, you know, my own person? Yeah, yeah. But I really knew that I I wanted my person. So I'm glad we talked about the money part first because in 2012, and it was so annoying because I noticed this, For a long time before I acted on it, but I would be giving seminars and public speaking about relationship with money and I'd be saying things like if you're doing everything you're supposed to do, everything you're supposed to do, and you aren't getting the result you want odds are you're protecting yourself from what you want. And I would hear those words leave my lips and I would be going, oh, heck, in much stronger language. (laughs) Uh, That's exactly. Gonna be right, and he never was. He never, ever, ever was. But (laughs) I would attract the guy who had a girlfriend. It's like, what? You have a girlfriend? I can't do anything with that, right? Like, how do I always attract the guy who's already attached? Backstory on you know, which also feeds into you know my love monsters. My mother attempted suicide when I was twelve years old because she found out my stepfather was cheating on her, and that. I was the one who saved your life. I was the one who called the paramedics. I was, and I, and, and it was really, really terrifying. The whole, the whole thing. How old were you then? 12. Again, 12. 12. Yeah. It's really interesting. That was, that was a year. Um, Far out. That must've been really, really intense. It was really intense. And, and my, I was dealing with a stepfather who was telling me all the horrible things that were going to happen to us that the paramedics came. So I tried to call them off. But fortunately, the paramedics know that if you try to call them off, ignore it because mm-hmm. they've been through this before and they saved my mother's life. She would have been dead in a couple of hours. Whew,
1: thank it was
0: it was really awful. So that hardwired something very deep in me about you never do that to another woman because you could kill her. So I can't date somebody who has a girlfriend or is married. So that those were the only people I was attracting. Was like, really, really? Right. Just, are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, or I would date guys who were just like so obviously temporary. I made a decision in 2005 to stop pretending not to know what was obvious on the first date. And from that moment forward, every guy had an expiration date above his head. Mommy issues, anger issues, racism issues. It's like the great thing about dating guys, for those of us who do, it's, I don't think that the, like for me, it's not, there's no moral aspect to it. It's not superior in any way, but in a way it's easier because guys are obvious. Like they are not subtle. And whatever it is you're going to break up over, they're going to let you know on the first date if you're willing to pay attention and be honest. Especially if you ask things like a bit, you know, I I would just use my coaching superpowers and go, so why did you get divorced? I would just ask the nosiest questions that I thought would be useful to know and then see how they answer. And like, okay. And occasionally somebody might be, okay, this, this, This is not the guy, but he's really nice. So it might be a good exercise to be with somebody who's nice, Mm -hmm. nice to me. And without fail, it would always end at three months. Mm
1: -hmm. So it was like
0: the hand of God. And I'm not even a big God believer, but it was like the hand of God was making sure that I was single for when my person showed up as much as I didn't want it. God, I didn't want it.
1: Mm -hmm. I (laughs) I just, I wanted my person. I really love that reframe, though. I really, I think that does really hit me. Like making sure I'm single, so that when the right person comes, I'm ready. Oh, but I was that's so lonely. I was so yeah.
0: lonely. I, you know, I would just cry.
1: I feel you. Yep.
0: I would cry.
1: I'd lose hope. Yep. Um, yeah, you're not the only one. That's definitely yeah. <laughs> definitely a common story. Yeah. So. I,
0: I had to finally do that awful thing, which is take my own medicine and slay my own love monster. And then I met my husband. And the interesting thing is I didn't even really want to show up for a first date because his photos online were terrible. Like you could not tell that he was a cute guy at all because he doesn't care about what you think about him. But he wrote a good letter and then we had a good phone call. And at the time I was dating, oh my God, this is so funny. I was dating Kevin, the Mormon puppeteer, who was like 15 years younger than me and totally inappropriate and wanted to have children. And I was like dubious that my body was going to make babies anyway but he was nice to me and sang, sang me love songs. So, you know, okay, I'll go out with him. But then it it went south with Kevin really quickly. Like who would have, who could have foreseen? It wasn't going to work out with, you know, the puppeteer who's a different religion and values and all that. So Devin, it, it was crazy because then I hired a coach named Evan and they, I kid you not like they all rhyme. It was ridiculous. So, um, so Devin, who's now my husband, we had our first date because he wrote a great letter and he we had a great phone call, and there was one photo on his profile that made him look like he might be cute. <laughs> and that was the guy who showed up, was like Mr. Smoking Hot Cutie. But here's the here's really, really important for those of you who are dating is I never felt intimidated by him. So, I felt very relaxed and I never felt like I needed to perform or be giddy or all the horrible nonsense that I've done so many times on dates. I was just really relaxed and we could talk about anything and I really didn't care whether he liked me or not. But I thought he was cute and I felt safe. And that's that's a really big tell that this is this is a right person for you. So the first date lasted 6 hours. And yeah, I asked him why he got divorced because he had been divorced. And and I really like what he said, which is he said that my my ex-wife is a lovely woman. She's a wonderful woman and she didn't love me.
1: That is a really good sign that he spoke about her like that. Yeah. And by the way,
0: I had lunch with Devin and Devin's daughter and Devin's ex-wife, who's not the mother of his daughter. Mm-hmm. But has been in his daughter's life a really long time. So his daughter invited her to my stepdaughter's graduation lunch, which is totally appropriate. Yeah. And totally. yeah, so Julia, Devin's ex wife, is a lovely woman. She's beautiful. She's nice. She's funny. Like, why wouldn't she be? He picked her. And I'm not worried about her or threatened by her at all. Because if they were supposed to be together, they would be together. Mm, that's what I always think too. Yeah. Yep. What makes my husband wrong for her and what she didn't want makes him right for me
1: because mm-hmm.
0: they, they were right in a lot of ways, but not compatible enough. Mm-hmm. And Devin's and my puzzle pieces just fit a little bit better. And she has found somebody who fits her puzzle pieces, which is why it's, you know, let the person go who isn't the right fit. Nobody's fit. perfect, but I think people are... When you find the person who is
1: right for you, it feels easy. Did you know straight away with Devin on that? First absolutely
0: day? not. Absolutely not. Nor did he. Totally, <laughs> totally not. We I just thought, you, thought I thought you were <laughs> <gonna> say, absolutely. <laughs> no. I no, him. I just thought he was I just thought he was cute enough. You know, I, I, oh, I was saying like I wasn't even going to show up, but I didn't want to be that jerk who's, who, the, who the jerk who would stand me up. So I showed up. I was mm-hmm. like driving from, you know, cities hours away to make it to our date. Didn't really want to bother. But a good thing I wasn't a jerk. Right. You right. know. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so, yeah, six hours comfortable. Started dating uh, about six months into it because he never had the expiration date and everything I found out about him just made him more right for me. I, I just sort of realized, oh my gosh, when he asked, I'm going to say yes. This is the one. It took me about six, six months to a year to get there. I'm not sure exactly how long. It took him six months to say, I love you. Or maybe it was three months. No, no it was six months. It took me three months. So you said, uh, I love you first. Yes, I did. I did. And here, this is also really useful. Um, my friend, Allison Armstrong, wrote a book that I'd read years before I met Devin that totally saved my life in that moment, where I said, I love you. And he said, I'm not ready to say that yet, but I care about you. And what I learned from Allison is when a man says, I care about you, it means more. The reason Devin wasn't willing to say, I love you, was he didn't want to say, I love you just to get something. Right. To make me happy or please me or get me off his back. He wanted to be sure when he said it. But when he says, I care about you, and I knew that those were the words exactly that a man, that it means a lot more when a man says that. When a woman says, I love you, it really means something. But, you know, men will say that to get into bed. When a man says, I care about you, it actually is deeper. And then three months after that, we had just, and it was New Year's. This is gonna be way TMI, so cover your ears and you know, come back later. Uh, but we had just finished making love. And I'm lying there, and I'm thinking about this odd-shaped closet off of my bedroom, trying to remember what's in the closet. So, my husband asks or my now husband asks me, so what are you thinking? And of course I tell him, I'm thinking about that odd shaped closet right off of my bedroom and I'm trying to remember what's in it and or we've just like been making love. And this is because I'm female and thinking what's in it and how can I organize it better. And I tell him that. And then I and then to be polite, <laughs> to appear to be not totally self-absorbed, I say, "What are you thinking about?" And he said, "I think I love you."
1: Oh, right. So <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, wow. I <laughs> do uh, yeah. I feel like, oh, I'm such a jerk. <laughs>
0: no, so you're honest.
1: I love it. So, <laughs> but it's so sweet. Um, when, you know, when you love someone, you love those quirky things. You're really interested in what they're interested in. You know, that's how you can tell. You know, it's funny, like people will. I, I don't know. I If someone's in love with me, I can feel it. I know they're in love with me. Like, I love it when you say it, but I also can feel it. And I also know when you're not in love with me as well. So I think, you know, I, I just, at that moment, I think is, is really, really sweet that you described. <laughs> I know you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> but well, I think it it's was right. Like, it's the difference between men
0: and women. <laughs> and, <laughs> and obviously I never forgot that moment because of, yeah. because of that. And at some point along the way, I realized that he was going to ask me someday and I was going to say yes. So I totally didn't worry about it. And people would say, oh, when are you going to get married to us? Like at the farmer's market, strangers. And we'd be like, we don't know. And I really just wasn't ever worried about it. I never pressured him. It just wasn't. I just knew, by the way, on our second date, he told me he didn't believe in marriage after his first marriage, but he would probably get married again, which, you know, you know, the punchline. So you know how funny that is now.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That is really funny.
0: So fast forward to like 18 months into our relationship. I've just finished my money goddess experience retreat in Bali. May 2014. And he was in South Africa on a photography safari. And he was talking to me on Skype every night at like three o'clock in the morning for him. And maybe 11 in the morning, once my retreat was over for just a few minutes on a really bad connection. And he had to go through this bush out in the open with this little Sherpa guy and like lions and tigers and hyenas out and about and and one of those trips to the from his room across all all this open land to the building that had the internet there was this bush like as far away from him as my fireplaces from me which is like two feet shook and there was this giant lion roar which is very very different than when you hear it in the in the movies and he wanted to run and and his his guide that grabbed him by the arm and said, You run your food. And all we can do is walk really slowly, knowing that there's a hungry lion just a foot away.
1: Wow. And
0: that was when he started thinking, Why would I do this? Why am I getting up in the middle of the night risking my life to talk to this girl on a bad internet connection for a few minutes? And that that was when he figured out that I was the one. I didn't need. The drama, but guys need, you know, guys come to it their own way. And we had this week of horrific conversations that always began with Devin saying something like, I don't think I'm the right guy for you. And I'm thinking he's breaking up with me over Skype. He's in South Africa. I'm in Bali. Then next conversation. I don't think you're the right woman for me. And I'm like dying inside. But he would end every conversation saying, well, I just, I really love you. I really care for you. I really want this to work out. That's why I'm having this conversation. And then I'd be like, (laughs) I can live again. And then after like four or five days of this hell, the final conversation switched from why it wasn't going to work out with us to let's get married, <laughs> which like gave me whiplash because I, I did not see that coming. I expected it in four or five years. Right. And I was totally fine with that timeline. And suddenly he's asking me now and I freaked out. Because you don't live to 47 not getting married if you don't have commitment issues. right? <laughs> and all of them came up. And I realized how hesitant I was. But I also realized, oh, I've already made the decision. Yeah, of course I'm going to marry you. So I cut my after retreat trip short, hopped an early plane back to the United States, picked up my husband at the airport the next day, and then we eloped, sealed the deal. Bucket list complete. That was it. That was the last thing. And I think, okay, good, done, married. This is great. And then we then we informed our parents and then we posted it on Facebook to make it real. And then we went shopping for wedding rings. Wait, wait a second, wait a second. All right, you alert. <laughs> Where did you alert to? Give us in some Los Angeles. My husband had a friend who has a friend who is a reverend or a minister who presided over the wedding of one of the bachelorettes. I can't remember her name, but she's like the most famous one, like across the street. So he married us. And then we, and then we told our parents and then we told Facebook and then we went ring shopping. You you waited (laughs) 47 years and then you just eloped. Well, here's, here's my reasoning behind it. When I was in my twenties, and I knew my parents were going to do all the work. Then, yeah, then I wanted, I would have wanted the most over the top, ridiculous fairy tale wedding with the princess dress and the Gothic castle. And I would want all of that. But now, since it was me and I was going to have to like make all the decisions and book the venues and look at the price tags, it just did not seem fun. Yeah, And it seemed like a lot of pressure for a baby marriage. And I just didn't, I didn't want that. I wanted the guy. I just, I just wanted to be married to the guy. And that's the difference for me between being 47 and 20, but it doesn't end there. And you know that.
1: Yeah. Then what happened? (laughs)
0: Okay. Less than two weeks later, we were on a plane to Mexico because my husband is a travel writer and had an assignment to cover uh, an amazing hotel in Puerto Vallarta. We stayed at the Marriott and he was invited and he told them, hey, I just got married. And they said, and can I bring my wife? And they said, yeah, make it, make it a honeymoon. So they gave us the most incredible view that I have ever seen in my life to this day and we've had some amazing rooms but that one was holy cow just the whole bay the mountains everything below us just the perfect location in this gorgeous hotel and this you know um, food and tours and and uh, massages and all of it was just fantastic perfect honeymoon romantic. And then they dropped us down into the center of the town to just be tourists and wander around. And we're passing by their iconic cathedral, Our Lady of Guadalupe. And, you know, if you look at pictures of of Puerto Vallarta, you'll see, you'll see the cathedral. And my husband was thinking to himself, you know, there were some things I didn't say the first time we got married. And so he, he, he said, and to him, it was just a goof. It was a lark. It was kind of a joke. He just said, Hey, you want to get married again? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And we are filthy, sweaty, disgusting, just like covered with massage oil, no makeup, not nice clothing, traipsing around in sandals, you know, and walking into a cathedral, taking off our rings, gazing into each other's eyes, making up new vows on the spot. And I had 13 days of being a married woman. So I knew more about being married than I had the first time. and. When Devin said the new vows, they hit me in a deeper place. Now we were in a church. Now we had witnesses. Now we had strangers in the pews who were like watching, and it felt more real and it felt deeper. And I started to tear up and it was really romantic. It like starts out like a joke, two Jews and Jesus walk into a Mexican cathedral, but now it was like this real thing. And he saw that and he saw that how much deeper it was. And we, we kind of, people start we kissed people were strangers were cheering and we came out and we we're like, oh my God, let's do this everywhere. Let's get married in yurts and standing stones and mud huts. Let's get, let's do this everywhere. And within a day, he came up with this plan to get married a hundred times in a hundred countries. And we got married 11 times that year, 2014. And some of the weddings, I had no expectation. I went to Ross dress for less and picked up a $20 white lace dress (laughs) because it's easy to pack.
1: That's so great, and
0: I got compliments in Italy. How elegant I looked! Like my life is complete. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought we were just gonna, you know, find strangers to just read a script and marry us. But in since Devin is a travel writer, he would he started writing to countries that we were planning on going to, saying, "Hey, this is what we're doing. Can you recommend someone who can marry us or a place to get married?" And most of the countries wrote back and said well, this is really cool. I think we can do better. Would you mind getting married in a thousand-year-old castle in a year-long, or sorry, not year-long, it felt like a year, a day-long medieval ceremony? And my grandmother invented, co-invented the very first Renaissance Pleasure Fair back in like, I think 1963 in the Hollywood Hills. So I grew up in costume. So as soon as Devin is reading this, and we're in like Croatia when he's reading this invitation, I'm like, yeah. And we we have to change like our whole schedule to be in San Marino at the right time. Mm-hmm. We have this pageant with the costumes and then they knighted the officials of the Republic of San Marino, like the actual government itself, knighted my husband. Wow. So we had... This Some really ridiculously amazing fairy tale Disney princess wedding. San, uh, Slovenia, thousand-year-old castle above their fairy princess lake with the church in the middle all sparkling. Uh, it, was, it, it was my din- Disney princess moment that I didn't know I still needed. So I got, I got my princess wedding. And in 2020, no, 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 wait, that 2020 was last year, our 20th wedding. I knew there was a 20. So I think that was 2018. We were invited. If I would speak in Manzanillo, Mexico, the event host said, we'll marry you. And I thought, oh, great. She'll just marry us in the corner in between stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So I packed accordingly a white kind of tunic and yoga pants. (laughs) to get married. (laughs) It's the 20th time. (laughs) And And then, well, and I show up and it's like way more than I anticipated. It was a full on authentic Mayan Mexican wedding with 40 costume dancers and herbs and ritual Wow. And magic and singing and a pinata and a a, a dancing horse and a and this ten year old champion lasso artist, and all the people from the event were our wedding guests. So it was this extraordinarily ornate, wonderful wedding that I had no clue was coming, which is kind of good because I might have been nervous. And we, and we participated in all of these ancient rituals. And there's something about experiencing love in other cultures and how everybody loves love, but they bring their own traditions and their own values and you get to be part of it just makes the world so intimate and it's like having families in all these countries. And we got married in this 700 year old house in Turkey. And I rode in in co- a costume that was like nicked from a museum. Wow. And I rode in on a horse and my horse had a horse and the minister of culture married us and we made the evening news. So sometimes it's <laughs> like, like crazy. And then sometimes it's like, hey, you behind the desk. Yeah, you, this is what we're doing stop crying. No, really, please. Just, oh my God. You're, Would you marry us? <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, wow. and, and at the end of the day, and this is really, so we've been married 25 times in 20 countries. The idea is to get married a hundred times in a hundred countries, but fully honestly, we'll just keep going. Cause why not? Cause yeah, it's, it's not? more, we, we had a really weird wedding in Serbia. Where my husband has had a friend's, like it was his best friend when he was 14, returned to Serbia when his mother got sick. And then he hooked up with Eastern Europe's biggest pop star. And they've been together for years. And since we were going to be in the area, Devin wrote to him and he wrote back saying, You can't, you can't come without visiting us, and then suggested we have a double wedding. And I'm like, Well, I have a hundred, I can share one, right? So <laughs> We we had this double wedding with Devin's friend and this pop star and things got really weird. Oh really weird. Where their friends, their drunken friends started booing when oh. Devin was saying his wedding vows.
1: Oh, that's who knows what? Yeah, I've
0: never I've never seen or no. even thought of anything like that happening and You're I had horrible. this well, I had this moment where first first I wanted to like you know hobble down on my little kitten heels down the steps and you know start punching somebody to defend my husband's honor which but I'm <laughs> 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 I'd be punching so far up um so I didn't. But I thought to myself, well, you know, I'm not going home with any of them. I'm going home with the person in front of me, and that's the prize. And what I got from that is that the weddings are like an hors d'oeuvre or a side dish. But the main course and the actual dessert is the person you love. And, I, you know, the danger of having one of those really big, ornate, high-pressure weddings going into a marriage is you can forget that it's not about the wedding, it's about the marriage. And for us, whether it's this amazing thing or it's, hey you, can you marry us in the cafeteria when nobody's there? It's, it doesn't matter because I'm looking at the person I love and I'm stating in the moment, whatever comes to me about why I choose you, what I want for you, what I promise to bring to you, and how grateful I am for you. And that's kind of like those are what our vows are made of. And so we just keep choosing each other over and over again. And if you are in a committed relationship, married or not, I would say, steal this, do it. If you like to travel, do it when you travel. If you are home and under lockdown, Do it at home under lockdown, but take, you know, make it a practice to look at the person you love
1: and choose them together because that's really all we're doing. Well, Ghana, this has just been so amazing. I feel like that is like the perfect wrap up. <laughs> Thank you okay. so much. I just I just feel like there's so many amazing points that you've brought out with this, sharing your story of your 100 weddings in 100 countries. Um, actually, before we end, I do want to ask you, I, I keep getting these visions of you getting married in a, in a hot air balloon. Is that going to be a... A possibility. <laughs> it's so funny because I'm leading. That's interesting that you asked because I'm leading
0: uh, a retreat in September in Mexico. I've always led my money goddess retreat in Bali, but it's close to international travel. And I totally respect that. I want to keep sure my, yeah. my friends safe in Bali. So we, we pivoted to Mexico and I'm actually going to do a hot air balloon ride the last day. None of the women know that, so hopefully (laughs) they they might find out now. But I don't think that that's going to happen with my husband because he is afraid of heights Right, and it would not be loving. Yeah, it would not be relaxing. (laughs) Yeah, I would never want to do something that would cause him him that kind of unhappiness. So we'll see. I think it's a great idea. If you want to do
1: it, do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I might be on. I might be with your husband on that one. <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll see. You know, maybe in ten years he he'll want to go skydiving and he'll be you know totally different about it. By the way, I won't go skydiving. No, I will me. do a
1: hot air balloon. Yeah, <laughs> been there, done that. One time's enough for me. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah it was very intense. Everyone. Everyone's like, "Oh, it was so great!" I was like, "Oh my gosh, thank God I'm on the floor. I do not want to ever do that again." And my friends were like, "We're gonna learn how to do it on our own." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm not, not happening." Well, I admire you for doing it. I was um, a lot younger
0: than I am now. Yeah, it's. I I think I'm gonna pass on that one this lifetime.
1: Yeah, fair. That's a fair call. <laughs> Probably was. <wise. laughs> Morgana, thank you so much for being here. I, I really, really appreciate all our chats today. Um, if somebody wants to uh, find out more about you, can they do that? Well, go to MorganaRay.com.
0: It's really, really easy. It's my name as one word com at the end. And that's that's where you can contact me. That's where you can learn. That's more what I'm doing professionally with relationship with money. Although seriously, I have coached people on relationship with love. And I have also found that coaching relationship with money, with air quotes, I've had, it's been very, very effective for changing relationship with love too. For more about Devin's and my weddings, um, you can go to inthenobride.com and you can see the super cute three-minute video that my husband cut. He used to be an editor for Miramex, so he knows how to like cut things. Of our first 11 weddings,
1: and it's just super duper cute. Ah, oh, awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And you can find all the links mentioned in this episode at rebellove.com forward slash EP43. Thanks for listening to the Rebel Love Podcast, the podcast about love, sex, relationships, and money. If you like this episode, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform and find all the details of this episode and more at rebellove.com forward slash podcast.